Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new special on the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And this is another edition of the Best Picture Breakdown where I'm going to be going over each of the 10 Best Picture nominations for this year's 94th Annual Academy Awards. And the first one that I did, of course, was Dune. And now I'm moving on to my second breakdown and going over these 10 slots. And the next one, of course, is going on to the latest from Paul Thomas Anderson, and that is licorice pizza. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See you tomorrow. I think it's weird to hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. And again, like I said at the top, Licorice Pizza is the latest, which is written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and it stars a cast that has some people that, of course, that have been established in the industry, but it's led by two brand new newcomers that really shine in this film. It's led by Alana Hyam, Cooper Hoffman, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, Bradley Cooper, and Benny Savdi. And basically, this, the premise of the story is that it follows Alana Kane and Gary Valentine, who are growing up and running around and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. And again, when I I did my review for this and I talked about it in my top 10, which this is one of my favorites of 2021, is that this very much felt like when watching the trailer, a kickback throwback kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where very much, it's it's a film where if you just want to relax for a little bit, have a good time, it's basically navigating uh, a point in, in time with these characters that are very interesting as they get through all these kind of mischievous things that they do throughout the film. And that's exactly what this film does. And it's really kind of telling, it, it's basically subplots in telling this overarching story about these two in and their love for one another. And I really enjoyed watching this film and it was really cool. I remember watching in theaters to see it in 70 millimeter with the packed audience. There was some laughter. People were, were really having a good time with this film. And you could very much see the, the cinematic qualities that Paul Thomas Anderson was giving that movie. Again, when we talk about the newcomers <clears throat> excuse me, to this film, Alana High and Cooper Hoppin, they're really, from the very beginning to the very end, they are the two characters that we're following, and the chemistry between them from the instant they're on screen together is very noticeable. They just have a great camaraderie between the two of them. They're able to bounce jokes off of one another. You And the thing that really is supposed to hook you, and it does a great job of it, is that you feel that there's something between the two of them, and you're hooked into, the, into them potentially or hopefully getting together at the very very end of the journeys that they go on in this film. And so if you believe in that, I think you'll get involved in this film. And, and I very much was one of those people. And I came out of this on, on a really positive note. And one of the true highlights of the film, even though he's in it for 20 minutes, is Bradley Cooper, who was getting a lot of awards recognition. He got a SAG nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He does one of those roles where he's only in it for about 20 or so minutes, maybe even 15, is he just gives this incredible performance. And it sticks with you even within that instance that he is in. He's not in throughout the entire film, but he delivers. He's he's funny. He's enjoyable, and he really fits into what they're doing with the film. And to go into some of the history behind the making of this film, according to Paul Thomas Anderson, the, the film shares similarities when talking about making inspirations for the film. He goes to 70s coming-of-age films and 80s coming-of-age films like American Graffiti and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and it, it 
definitely has those kind of qualities to it where it takes place in the summertime of 1973. And again, it's just these little adventures that they're really kind of going on. And another interesting aspect is that Licorice Pizza, it's a very peculiar name. It's not a name that is one that you would think of for a movie title, but this is the one that Paul Thomas Anderson left. And apparently the the the, the reasoning behind the naming of the title is that it's named after a former chain of record shops in Southern California. And another aspect that reminds me a lot about this with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it's not to that degree, is that very much Paul Thomas Anderson is placing all these little things that he probably grew up with in the 70s in the San Fernando Valley between the music and the cars and and the the streets and the way that people wear clothes. It, it very much had somebody who was dedicated, again, kind of like Denny Villeneuve with Dune, very dedicated towards the craft of making sure everything was authentic as, as possible with what he was trying to do with this film. And then when he talked about the casting, especially with the two leads, was interesting that Alana Hyam is somebody who's never really worked before in film, but she does have a connection to Paul Thomas Anderson because her sisters, who also have brief short roles in this film as the the Alana's sisters in this, the character of Alana in the film, is that they, the, the, the actual sisters of Alana Hyam are a part of this band that's called Hyam, and sometimes Paul Thomas Anderson does the music videos for some of their songs, so there's a connection there already, and apparently when writing the script and writing the character of Alana Keen, he very much had Hyam in mind for that role, and then when going through the process for Cooper Hoffman, you would think that'd be maybe the opposite of what would happen with Cooper Hoffman, because Philip Seymour Hoffman, who tragically passed away in, in 2014, Paul Thomas Anderson and Philip Seymour Hoffman had a great relationship where he was in a number of PTA's films from Boogie Nights, Mangola, Punch Drug Love, and The Master. And so you would think maybe that'd be the connection, but it seems like Cooper Hoffman went through the proper channels. He auditioned for this. He got it on his own, which is, I think, even better than having that connection because you feel like, especially being a child of somebody who is an incredible performer, both whether they're 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 in passing or in living, it, it, if you're able to get it on your own, I think it it shows that you have the talent to do it. And he is, again, great in the movie. They're all amazing in it. And Paul Thomas Anderson did shoot this with 35 millimeter cameras to get kind of that 70s look. And if you see it in 70 millimeter, you get that kind of instance when watching it. And going back and watching it on VOD, digital, very much it didn't have that cinematic quality that I saw in the theaters, but it has a great rewatchability factor to it, kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not on the same level, I would still see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood first, but if I did have a double feature, I would I would actually put these two together. I think they're very compatible in the styles and similarities. Even though the stories are different, the styles are very much kind of the same in, in what they're really trying to go for. So I really enjoyed this film, and it, it held up to me a lot on its rewatchability. And then we move into the in, into the Oscar phase of this all. It is only nominated for three Oscars, but it's nominated in three above-the-line categories, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay. So Paul Thomas Anderson is still in keeping that streak going. He's still somebody who the Academy really loves to nominate. They love his movies, and they love the screenplays that he works on as well. There's really only one major snub that I think about with this film, 
you could go to Alana Haim for best actress, but that that whole category is just so stacked almost every single season. And so it's hard to, there were so many people above her that I would place before Alana Haim that she's not really a snub to me. She, she would have been more of a surprise than anything else. The major snub to me in this category is, and it's not even, it's not even Bradley Cooper. It's the actual production design of the film. I actually think, again, going back to what won Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Oscar for best production design and, and recreating 69 Hollywood. And again, it's not to that extent where it's 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 LA and it's all these buildings and, and, and flashbacks to older versions of some of those locations that if you go to LA that you, you, you know when you see them in today's day and age, you can't really do that in the San Fernando Valley. But I very much felt like I was in the 70s. I didn't feel like I, there, was, there was anything too modern there. I was transported back to this time period. And it, it's understandable that when you have other production design cat or not really well, competitors within this category, it, it's understandable how it can be tough to go up against some of these and take one of these other films out that maybe it would be hard to take out over what Licorice Pizza is able to provide in that specific category. So it's understandable something like West Side Story. How are you going to take that out? Or Dune. How are you going to take those films out and put Licorice Pizza in there? But So I understand it, but that to me would have been the biggest snub when it comes to this movie and the nominations that it didn't get. When we look at its run so far, the resume throughout award season, Licorice Pizza was one of the top 10 American Film Institute winners. It won overall Best Film and Best Director and Best Breakthrough Performances for both Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman at the National Board of Review. It was nominated for five BAFTA awards. It won one for Best Original Screenplay. It was nominated for four Golden Globes, didn't win any. It won Best Screenplay at the New York Film Critics Circle, was nominated at the Producers Guild Award but did not win and it was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the WGA but it did not end up winning that award as well. That ultimately went to Don't Look Up. When we look at, of course, the Academy history for any of these nominees, the first one that you're going to look at, of course, is again Paul Thomas Anderson who in the Best Directing category is an eight-time nominee. He's now an 11-time nominee. And when we look at overall, but within his writing and his directing, he's an eight-time nominee. And then including in for Licorice Pizza, you add in the three categories that he's nominated in because he's a producer on Licorice Pizza. He wrote the script and he was the director. He is getting three Academy Award nominations here for himself. So he adds to that in total. And when you look at the films that he was nominated before in, even though he's an eight-time nominee, and he's, well, now an 11-time nominee. It's only been for a few films that he's been recognized for. For Boogie Nights, it was for screenplay. For, for Magnolia, it was for original screenplay. For There Will Be Blood, it was Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay. He didn't win any of those. Inherent Vice, he was only nominated for original screenplay. And for Phantom Thread, he was only nominated for Picture and Director, no screenplay. And out of all of those, he has not yet won an Academy Award. So potentially... This this Sunday night, it could very well be his time to shine, and that goes to our predictions for Licorice Pizza and what I think it could potentially win on that night. Again, I don't think it's going to be necessarily in the best picture race, certainly not in the best director race. I still think that's a race between Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg, I think has a little bit more of an edge to, for that second place, but right now it's still Jane Campion's award to lose. But if there's one award that it could potentially win that night, it is going to be best original screenplay. It's 
gonna be it's gonna be a little tough, but I definitely can see it edging out films such as Don't Look Up and when you look at the rest of this category and, and what it's been able to to provide, I mean it's gonna be again, I think really, really, really tough for this film to to win that award but if there's one that could potentially do it it would be licorice pizza it's going to be going up against belfast with kenneth braun i know that's been getting a lot of momentum and again i think don't look up because the the wj doesn't have a whole lot of it's sometimes it's very finicky in the rules that it sets up so not all the potential candidates for this award at the oscars are necessarily nominated for the wga but I, I do think it's between Belfast and Licorice Pete's, and it does have a legit shot of getting Paul Thomas Anderson that win finally on his resume. But again, it's not a whole lot of awards, but the, the, the awards that it's nominated for, Best Original Screenplay is the one that it has the best shot at winning it. And it, it, it's been a long road for this film. It's had some controversies over its run, and it, I can only understand that. And, and But again, at the same time, it's great to see this film get the recognition that it has. It's great that hopefully... This, this burst the careers out for both Alana Hyam and Cooper Hoffman as well. And again, this is a fun, entertaining Paul Thomas Anderson film that he put up with. So again, that is the overall breakdown for this Best Picture. And that will do it for this edition of the Best Picture Breakdown on the Sam Bissell Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in on the Sam Bissell Podcast. Be sure to check out my channel for more, for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in on Team Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out goal-driven professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, along the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the Podcast Solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code Ambiguous. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Bissell Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And also on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Best Picture Breakdown. We'll be back next time for a breakdown of the third film out of the 10 in this category for the 94th Annual Academy Awards. But until then... Keep on screening.